Well, good evening. It's a Wednesday. I know how that goes. I uh, could be tired, came here, maybe didn't get dinner or rushed, and uh, I'm glad you're here. So uh, I've had several people make a request that this time I watch the time, so I guarantee uh, that uh, I'll be done by 8.30. And so uh, I'm glad you're here with me um, because it'd be awkward if no one was here. Turning your Bible to Psalms chapter 37, Psalms chapter 37. Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. That's it. That's simple, yet so hard to do. So we're going to talk about that, trusting in the Lord and doing good. The Bible says that none of us in our own nature does good. No one's good. No, not one. The only way that we can do good is with trusting in the Lord. The more we trust the Lord, the more good we can do. We naturally don't want to do good or be good. That's, that's kind of weird. We, we wish the world was a better place, but we ourselves, uh, if we're not careful, we, we won't do good. And that's kind of in relation to how much we trust the Lord. The more we trust ourselves, the more we trust other people, the more we trust uh, government. Maybe some of you trust voting. I don't know. Uh, but it doesn't matter. The, the more you trust the Lord, the more good you can do. And uh, that's important. So I'd like for you guys to you know, wake up a little bit, don't have to stand up, but let's all say that together as best we can, right? Trust in the Lord and do good. That's going to be a theme throughout uh, th th this evening. Uh, I do, before I go any farther, I want you to think about your finances and your decisions you make with your finances and buying things and selling things or your next endeavor that you could put yourself in a, in a big trap that would cost you years and years and years to get out of uh, because you wanted something before it's the right time. It's okay to drive a junkier car for a while until you can get something better. What you do is you trust the Lord that He's going to get you something better at the right time, and then you just do good. Our finances is a big place where we want to trust ourselves Instead of trusting the Lord, His plan in the Scripture his plan for you to pay tithes and offering. You know, you cannot outgive God. I'm convinced of that. Right. My old pastor, Preston Richardson, used to say that all the time. And as a, a, a young, very ignorant kid that I was, am still, uh, I, that burned in my head. You cannot outgive God. He would say, try it. I said, okay. I'm going to try to live my life, just give and give. And you cannot outgive God. I can say that now from experience. You can't outgive God. Trust in the Lord and do good. Is it good to spend your finances uh, all on yourself and, and not do good to other people? I don't think so. But it does take some trust in the Lord to help other people. What about your health? Hey, man, if it was up to me, I'm 48 now. I would still act and be like and feel like I was 25. I mean, if it was up to me. But the Lord didn't choose that, and you know, pretty much anybody that gets older, you get older. <laughs> and you have to trust the Lord and still do good. Can I do the things I could do when I was younger? No. Does that mean I, I get bent out of shape with my pride and say, oh, well, I guess you want me to do nothing? No. You're supposed to do as much as you can physically for the Lord, and that might change as time goes. But that takes a deal of trusting in the Lord and then continue doing good. It's okay to adjust. 
but it takes trust in the Lord to continue doing good. If you don't make sure, if, if you don't purpose in your heart to continue trusting in the Lord, hey, it's different now. My neck don't move. My shoulders don't work. Like, man, what am I supposed to do? I, I'm not ready to sit down. I want to keep going. Trust in the Lord and just keep doing good. Let the Lord sort it out. Uh, your job. Some of you have a job that, that might affect your, your ministry or your, your wannabe ministry. You want to do something more for the Lord. Hey, that's what God gave you. Trust in the Lord and just keep doing good. Do everything you possibly can. Uh, I went through this with experience in my life. I, I had jobs that, for some reason, I in the military, you're kind of gone a lot. Didn't think that went through when I joined. But you're gone all the time. And so you're not here. You're not in a church. And you're not be able to serve like, like you want. Uh, and there was a deal I had to grow and to learn a lot of things, trust in the Lord, and still do good. You know what? I found out I could still read my Bible and soul win when I wasn't at church every week. It, it, it works in different countries, too. You trust in the Lord and go do good. Just keep doing good. Is it good to do? Yeah. Is that bad to do? Uh, no, I probably shouldn't go out with those guys. I know where they're going tonight. Whether country or whatever. I'm not, that's not good. I'm not doing it. I'm going to trust the Lord that I'm going to say no. Trust in the Lord and do good. Your job, you know what? I believe that God can fix it. If you just keep giving everything you have to serve the Lord, the Lord can give you a different job. You can trust Him, and He'll provide. Is it as fast as you want? No, sometimes it takes weeks, sometimes a few years, sometimes longer. But if you continue trusting the Lord and doing good, He'll fix it. Trust Him. Your family. Some people have family that you get along with, you love them. That's good. It takes a great amount of trusting in the Lord to continue doing good when things are good. It's very easy to get sidetracked uh, in your eyes off the Lord when things are going great. You start enjoying life maybe more than you should. It's easy to, to not trust in the Lord. Like, I fully trust. I need you today. Lord, I trust you. Please help me. Lord, I, I need to lean on your, your understanding, not my own. I trust you. It's, we we kind of quit doing that when things are going well or when we're very uh, content with where we're at. We're not pushing to do better. We're not pushing to grow. We're not pushing to do more, give more of the life. We get content and we stop trusting. We have just enough trust to get us by and we stop growing. We stop pushing. You know what happens? You stop doing as much good in the good times. Good times with your family. Good times with relationships or Perhaps world news. You just hear so much of the distraught amongst the world. There's, there's a lot of people not trusting in the Lord. How I know that? There's a lot of not good things going on. Ukraine, Russia, Israel. I mean, it just, it's nonstop. Outside of America, inside of America. But really, I don't want you to focus on that. Trust in the Lord no matter what's going on in the world, whether America exists or not. Don't worry about it. Trust in the Lord and do good. Let's say it one more time. Trust in the Lord and do good. You can purpose in your heart right now at this moment that you are going to trust in the Lord despite what goes on in our country, despite what goes on at your job, despite what goes on in your family. Uh, there's some families that they don't get along very well. And it's the opposite. Uh, you struggle. It's a struggle. You go home from work and it's more of a war zone than it is at work. And, and, and it's a huge, huge struggle. You, you can just say, I'm going to trust in the Lord and do good. I'm going to do what's right. I can't control anyone else. I can't control uh, anyone else except my own heart and my own mind. Trusting in the Lord and doing good, I'd like to just bring it down into your own heart and your own mind. 
To what degree are you not trusting the Lord in? You're trusting yourself or you just have given up? Future decisions, afraid. I mean, Psalms 56.3, like when I'm afraid, I trust in the Lord. Is there anyone afraid in here? If, if you're honest, there's some, something that everyone's afraid of. What is it? I used to say, I'm not afraid of nothing. <laughs> and I really believed that. I ain't afraid of nothing. And then I got older. I'm like, oh man, there's a lot of things I'm afraid of. I'm not really afraid of people. I mean, you might beat the snot out of me. I'm not afraid of you. But, but I'm, you know what? With some things I'm afraid of, you're like, what is it? I, I'm afraid that I'm going to continue declining in my health and I'm not going to be able to keep doing what I can do. What I'm good at doing. I'm afraid of that. Guess what I have to do? And then, I, so that's all I'm worried about. God's not going to give me a test on how much Bible I know. I'm going to trust the Lord, and I'm going to keep doing what I know is good. I'm going to keep serving God with all my heart. Deuteronomy 6, 5. You might know that. We're supposed to, I'll probably mess it up, so I'll just paraphrase. I'm supposed to love God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. Jesus added with all my strength in the New Testament. With every ounce of my being, I'm supposed to love God with all of it. That takes trusting in Him. Full confidence and trust. Do you, have you ever trusted someone? That's when you are very confident that they are going to do what they said they would do. So it does help to know more Scripture. We're not getting tested on it, though. It helps to know more Scripture so that you can obey it, so that you can trust that new Scripture you just found out, that you just learned, and so you can apply it to your life. Uh, Joshua 8.1, right? This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. So we're supposed to talk about the Bible. This is easy. Everybody can walk out of here and say and talk about Psalms 37.3. Did I say the wrong one? Wh which one's that? 1.8. Yeah, Joshua 1.8. That's good job. You guys passed the test. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. So let's talk about it again. Trust in the Lord. And do good. You can do that. You can talk about trusting in the Lord and then do good. So <clears throat> Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. So I'm going to talk about it nonstop. Trust in the Lord and do good. I'm going to tell myself, trust in the Lord and do good. I'm going to tell somebody else, oh, got a problem? Trust in the Lord and do good. All right, so then I can observe. I'm going to learn more, more God's word. I can observe. I can find out what I'm supposed to do, and then I can obey it. It's better to obey than just sacrifice. It's better to obey God's word. It's just better to do good, trust in the Lord and do good, than to try to give some big sacrifice and make up for your wrongdoings and your bad doings. Trust in the Lord and do good. Uh, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Think about it. Meditate on it. What's this mean? How can I use it? Day and night, nonstop. You can do trust in the Lord and do good. And then, you know, move on to something else. That's fine. If not, just keep going back to this. I did this in, in Iraq. I, I, cont I didn't have time to, I, I tried to memorize verses. Ah, it didn't really work. But I put this one in my heart and I nonstop, no matter what mission I was on, no matter what was going, good or bad, no matter who was I around, trust in the Lord and do good. J just, just trust in the Lord and do good. What's good? That kept me out from a lot of trouble. That kept me from a lot of grief. And that, that, that gave me a lot of confidence in the Lord. It was the Lord that got me through it. Uh, so, so when we observe to do what God has written, we, met, we, we talk about it, we meditate on it, and then we obey it. It says, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. I, I know you want to be prosperous in your life, and you want to have good success. 
a lot of people, um, I would say millennials, but I think most adults too, we, we want rewards without paying for it. We want the benefits of, and glory without paying your price. That's not how it works. <laughs> if you want good success and you want to be prosperous in God's eyes and in your own heart and mind, the first step is following the Bible, trust it, and just obey it. Trust in the Lord and do good. Hey, am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to think like this? No, then stop doing that and think good. One of the, the hardest places to be in your life is in your own heart when, you, when it becomes very dark. You ever been in a dark, dark, dark place? Other people can't see it. You can show up to church, nice suit, clean, you know, wash your hair and stuff and put on some smell goods if you have it and, and, and look like you're okay. I know there's people in here, I don't know who you are, but I've been one of those people in dark, dark, dark spots. Don't know how I can keep going. Have no idea how I can even take the next step. I felt chained. I felt like I couldn't move. Dark. I don't know. It's so foggy. I can't even think straight. I've been in dark, dark places in my own spiritual life. And, and I know there's people in here tonight that could be like that. Do you know what would really help you? Just trust in the Lord and go do good. Don't stop. Don't sit down. Don't back off. Trust in the Lord and go find something good to do and do that. Doing good to other people is amazing. Doing good for the Lord, for the cause of Christ, is even better. Since I was a kid, I've heard people taught on how to have joy. J-O-Y. You serve and you give to Jesus first, others second, yourself last. And that gives you joy. I've tried to practice that in my life. Sometimes when I found myself in a dark, dark spot, I trusted in the Lord, and I went to go try to do something good. And I didn't feel like it. And I felt empty. And I didn't see the results. And I felt like, like, like I just lost out or I messed up. Everything I tried, I really felt like just changed. This isn't working. The worst thing you can do is stop. Because you'll start not doing good, and you will start doing bad. And you will start drifting and going down even deeper, darker, darker, darker spots. And you end up doing things, doing things that you never thought you would. One way to avoid that is to keep doing good. How do you keep doing good? Is keep reminding yourself of trusting in the Lord. He can be trusted. He will never leave you. He will never fail you. He will help you. He will give you enough strength to get through what you need to do. I wish some of my trials lasted for two weeks. They did not. However, some of them four or five years. One guy I witnessed to in, a, in the military, he was wicked. He was as vile as can be. I said, man, I don't want any of that guy rubbing off on me. And I prayed for him, prayed for him. It was 10 years before he got saved. 10 years. Trust in the Lord and do good. Every time I saw him, I tried to witness to him, tried to plant a seed. He'd smash it, throw it out. Just constant, constant. Sometimes I felt like giving up. Uh, shake the dust off my feet and move on. And the Lord would convict me. That's not doing good. Get back in there. Trust in the Lord and do good. Just keep doing good. That'll help you get out of your dark spots. Let me tell you something. Joy is nice to have. You serve the Lord, that gives you joy. When you help someone else that's struggling, that, that helps pick you up out of some of that darkness. Stop thinking about yourself, so to speak, and go do something good for the Lord. That's trusting in God. Backing away, secluding yourself, those are not good things to do. Okay, now turn to Acts chapter 16. Let's get some examples. I want to get uh, uh, some good examples here of trusting in the Lord and doing good. Uh, I'm going to 
do it this way. So if you would do it a different way, then that's fine when you're up here. So Acts chapter 16, if I said that, Acts 16, verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. All right, so we're kind of jumping ahead of the whole chapter. We're going to go back and get caught up to this verse. But at this moment, they literally were chained. Their feet were in stocks. They couldn't freely move about. Uh, I, I don't know how old they were. M maybe some of these smarter people could tell me how old they were. I have no idea. But I'm sure they weren't 25. Uh, I, and I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine sitting on a floor with my feet in stocks. I don't know if my hand's tied to it. I don't know. I would be, un, it would be unbearable for me. My age, man, arthritis, hip, start going numb. I mean, it would be unbelievable. I couldn't think of anything else. They, they, they wanted to serve God. They were, they were serving God. They were doing what God wanted them to do. They were using their talents and gifts for the Lord. And they end up in jail. That's a dark place. But look at their attitude. Were they as woe as me? Oh, man, this didn't get me anywhere. See, you can't fool around with God. I had a cousin tell me at one time. He never went to church. I went down and hung out with him for a couple weeks. I talked him into going to church. So he drove. I was a kid. I would spend two weeks with my cousin. The older cousin would take me. I said, hey, let's go to church. No, I ain't never go to church. I, took, I talked him into going to church. On the way home from church, something happened to his car. I can't remember, flat tire or something. He was so mad. He was so angry. I never forget. He said, see, to, to my other cousin, the younger one my age, he said, that's why you don't fool around with church. He, he's a bad guy. He knew it. And he said, I went to church and God got me flat in my tire or whatever was wrong. He was mad as can be. And I, I, I didn't believe it for a second. I didn't know what to say. I wish I said, just trust in the Lord and do good, bud. I didn't say anything. I was afraid of him. He had a tire wrench in his hand. I mean, he's angry as can be. That's why you don't fool around with church. You know what? Sometimes I, our heart thinks like that. I, I, I've had people tell me, hey, I don't want to get back in church. They, they got out of church for a while, and I'm trying to talk to them, okay, come back to church. And I don't want to because I know, as, this is their words, not mine. I know as soon as I start going back to church, the devil's going to attack me, and I just don't want any trouble. Everything is going good right now. That, that is not trusting in the Lord. And doing good. If you know that you're supposed to do good and you don't do that, that is a sin. The Bible tells us that. And so, trusting in the Lord and doing good sounds good. It's easy to say, it's easy to repeat, easy to memorize, very hard to do on a consistent basis. However, Paul and Silas at this moment, when things were very, very difficult, probably going to die. I mean, hey, they're probably going to kill us tomorrow. We're in here. Uh, we didn't just get put in jail. They got put in the inner jail where, where the worst, the, the, the bad of the bad go. It was very uncomfortable. And their heart was, hey, let's just pray and let's sing. Is that the first thing that you like to do when you're in a dark, dark spot? I mean, you know, sometimes it takes all I have just to be quiet. And sometimes I don't even do that. It comes, I, 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 it, my filter didn't work and I say something mean. I say something off track, something not good. How did Paul and Silas sing praises to God? Their mind and heart, even though they were going through a very difficult time, they were focused on God and they were focused on their trust in the Lord. Turn to 2 Peter 2.9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. The Lord knows exactly what you're going through. 
I love this verse. I love it. I love it. The Lord knows exactly what you're dealing with. He allowed it. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. Temptations is a test. The temptations is a trial. Paul and Silas say, the Lord knows how to do it. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't even worry about it. That's for the Lord to know. <laughs> Why do you want to know everything? It's okay that you don't know, but it's awesome to know that God knows how it's going to work out. Uh, the, the more I trust in the Lord and mature, like, I, I don't worry about how. I just know the Lord can do it. The Lord can do this if he wants to. I trust him. I know he can, and I trust him. And if he doesn't, I trust that too. That frees me up to sing praises to him. That frees me up to do good to other people. Hey, but man, isn't that so bad that just happened to you? Wow, man, that's horrible. I can imagine something. I don't know. Trust in the Lord and do good. I'm okay. It's going to be okay. The Lord knows how to take away. He knows how to give. He knows exactly how to deliver the godly out of temptations. But the warning to you if you're not trying to live godly comes in the second part of that. I didn't turn there. I'm just trying to go off my memory. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, but the unjust to be reserved until the day of judgment. Am I close? Read it, Max. Yeah. And to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. I just need a little help. Thank you. I'm glad you're there. Like, if you just stared at me, like, oh, no, I had to pick somebody else. Then you've been embarrassed. So good job. To be punished. That's a scary thought. Uh, you should be afraid of that. God himself to punish you. I don't want that. You don't want that. No one wants that. The Lord knows how. So when you look at other people, say, hey, look at, uh, look at them, this world. They, they seem to be profiting. Their life is so much easier. They seem to be rewarded. They have it way better than me. How did they get to live? Have you ever said that? If not, you're not old enough yet. How do you get to live like that and I don't? What you're really saying is, why do you have something that I feel I deserve, I should have? <laughs> That's not good. It's pride. That's you not trusting in God and doing good. When you look, David got something. Hey, look, the heathen rage around me. They're, they're prosperous. Their, their armies are massive. They're, they're, why are they doing great? And I'm, I, here I am giving all I have to you, and I end up like Paul and Silas in jail, locked up, fog, messed up, can't do nothing. I can't even go home. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. Right? We, we think that. Think about how this story ended when God did what he said he would do. I know how to, 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 to free you out of your temptation. Midnight, boom, shook. Did they run out? Woohoo! fast as can be, can't catch me. No. Yeah, God delivered. That would have been very selfish of them. What'd they do? Let's go there. Verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakened out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. Uh, why wouldn't have they? That's the, any, any one of us in here probably would have been like, oh, God freed us, I'm out of here. I'm going home, I'm hungry, I'm getting a Big Mac on the way home. I'm out, I'm not looking back. He said, hey, there's no way I'm so in trouble. I just messed up, I, I fell asleep. Probably shouldn't have been doing that, but the, all the, the, what happened? 
and he was going to kill himself. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. Think of the influence that Paul and Silas had on on the unbelievers. Those that heard him praying and singing decided to stay. He had that much influence on their behavior. How do you think he, he, did he get in front of them and say, no, 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 you can't go. They just went with Paul and Silas because of how they conducted themselves, because of how bad they had it and how good they were doing. They were singing and praising God. I would love to hear what they were saying. I don't think there was any tone of self-pity or anything in there. It was such a degree that their influence every other person, the bad guys that don't have trust in the Lord, stayed put. Paul said, we are in there. You know what happens when you fully surrender your heart to God and you love Him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul? You repent when you messed up and you try to just do as good as you can. You trust in the Lord and do good. You will have influence on other people, whether you see it or not. The flip side of that coin is the less you trust God and the less good that you are doing, you have that much less of influence on people, even your kids or people that you don't know or even looking up to you, you are influencing them in a bad way. I believe you either influence people in a good way or you influence them in a bad way. There's really no neutral ground. Everyone has someone that's looking up to you whether you realize it or not. You should trust in the Lord and do good. That should really motivate you. I like to put things in circles, not squares, circles. The circles of my life. And, 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 and there's a circle in my life where I put names in and there's people in there that I feel might be looking up to me. Benai and Elena, till they get teenagers. And I'm, I'm, I'm preparing for it. When they stop looking up to me, I'm trying to put people in their life. They will latch on and look up to them. I'm trying. Uh, there's other people that might look up to me, people that maybe I teach in, in class or, 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 or some degree, I, maybe I haven't noticed. And, and, and I must trust in the Lord with every action I do, with everything I say, with, with how I move, with how I act, with how I respond to change in my life, to, to bad times, because I want to influence them for good. There's also circles in your life of people who uh, are, are more trained and more mature than you. You should have those people in your life. You should not push them away. You haven't arrived. I have several people, there's some in this room tonight, that I highly, highly respect. And I try to pick their brain without them knowing it. I usually get caught because they're smarter than me. And I'll try, hey, what do you do? How can you do this? I just try to get close to them so hopefully some of it rubs off. I, I want that influence that they have in my life to rub off. I, I want to learn from them. I want to influence the best I can. There's all kinds of circles of people. Do you have anybody lost in your life? Is that circle, is there anybody in there that you're praying for, that you're trying to win? You're trying to, to, to give as much as your life as you possibly can uh, to them so that they can be influenced to decide to trust Christ. That's good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Are, are we working on those things? Paul and Silas did. So get back there. I got a little sidetracked to what in my notes, but that was free. Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, this is interesting. I won't spend a lot of time, but this is just how my brain works. Uh, Maybe you've already got the answer, but he was sleeping. So how much did he hear? 
What, how did, he, did he hear them preaching before? I don't know. There has to be, for him to ask that, what must I do to be saved? How can I be saved? Was he talking about earthly? Hey, what can I do to get saved? They're going to kill me. I was going to kill myself. The room, uh, what can I do to be saved from that? Was he talking about how we talk about being saved? Hey, I go to heaven. I'm not sure. But he did ask, what can I do to be saved? The answer was a spiritual answer. You know, Jesus, sometimes uh, people would ask him questions and then he would answer something completely different and answer a question. This could be one of those cases. Uh, I don't know, but what must I do to be saved? He could have been talking about, they're going to physically kill me. And Paul said, hey, you know what you really need to be do to be saved is, look at that, at, at verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord. Now they preached unto him the gospel. Now, now they shared the word of the Lord with him. He was sleeping before. I don't know how much he heard praying and singing. He was, he wasn't, he was sleeping on a job. He knew he deserved to be killed. And, and so either way, they preached to him at this point, and he listened. So I think they were answering because they were spiritually minded. They didn't run and leave to protect their own hide. Hey, let's get out of here. No, they say, hey, the Lord put us in here. It's for a reason. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to do good. It's good. Hey, they might lock me back up and kill me tomorrow, but I'm going to do something good. I'm going to try to witness to this jailer. That's a great way to be. That's a lot of trust in the Lord. Do you see that? The more trust you have in the Lord, it's going to free you to do more good. And they did. And what happened? And he, uh, uh, and he took them the same hour of the night and watched their stripes and was baptized, he and, his, and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. So not only did he get saved and then he got baptized, his family did too. Because Paul and Silas wasn't selfish. They, they wasn't looking to, to have a comfortable life. They were looking to do good. They didn't run out of the jail. They stayed. Witness to that guy. And then what happened to this jailer? It's pretty cool. What, it kind of rubs off. I, I was trying to tell you a little bit about influence. He gets saved, and then he did good. He washed their stripes. He fed them. He risked taking the prisoners to his house. He trusted in the Lord, and he did good. He, was, he put himself at risk just like Paul and Silas. It kind of rubs off. When you trust in the Lord and other people see that, that, that leads you uh, to, to, to be an influence for someone else to put their trust in God just a little bit more than they currently are and to go and do something good more than they were doing before. And this jailer did that. It's wonderful. I got two more hours left. <clears throat> I'm glad you're still with me. When you guys stop laughing, I know you're done with me. Go to verse 4 and 5, chapter 16. So now we back up. Do you think that Paul and Silas were lazy bums, and then they get thrown in jail, and then they just decided, you know what, I'm going to be, I'm going to be really good right now? I, that doesn't work that way. I, I, the Bible tells me in my understanding of my own life and experience and, and reading the Bible is God likes to build people line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. That when you are trusting in God and doing good without noticing it, He's building you and, he, and your faith is growing and you're able to do more. You'll be able to take bigger steps, bigger steps. You look back and say, <coughs> not that. <coughs> you look back and say, wow, I, I, five years ago, I probably would have never taken this step of faith that I'm at now. When your glasses get smashed all day and doing work, they just get loose. So I can't see you. That's okay. You can see me, right? So, verse 4 and 5. Uh, 
this is looking up uh, before they get thrown in jail. And they, that's, that's Paul and his team, went through the cities and they delivered them the degrees for to keep uh, that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in a faith and increased in number daily. So Paul and his team was out taking the degrees to the churches. They were establishing the churches in truth. Say, hey, no, 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 that's not right. This is right. They were establishing churches. They were doing something good. What they were doing was their calling and gifts that God called and gifted them to do. They were really good at that. They, before that, they were picked. Uh, chapter uh, 15, first time we hear of Silas, he comes in the page and they're like, hey, this guy's amazing. He's going away. He's getting part of your team. And so they were out doing their ministry. They were out trusting God. Hey, I trust God that this will change your church. This will change your life. This will help bring people to, to, to come to the Lord and be added to the church daily. They, they trusted that it worked. One reason why we don't go out so went in as much, and you have to be honest with yourself, you don't trust it. You don't trust the Lord enough to think that He's actually going to save people, and you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to go out so winning because you don't want to waste your time because you don't have enough trust in the Lord. If you really believe that somebody out there wants and needs to hear the gospel, you would go do good. Why are you not soul winning? I don't know. You don't trust the Lord enough. There's something in your heart and mind saying, hey, it could be selfish. I don't want to waste my time. I'm too busy. I serve the Lord in different ways. There, there's something about soul winning that Satan hates. One reason that I know of is because soul winning and winning someone to Christ is the only thing you can do here on earth that you cannot do in heaven. It's too late in heaven. You can do a lot of good things in life. You could help someone change their tire. You could help someone do a lot of good things. But the number one thing that's good to do is to spread the gospel and tell people how to be saved. Just a couple weeks ago, I don't remember. It could have been yesterday, but it wasn't today. Ted was out and, and he talked to this lady that was very pregnant. I mean, great with child. Uh, I don't know her life or story, but, but and you know what? She really wanted to hear the gospel. She's welcoming. She got saved. She put her faith in Christ, got saved. And she said, I might not be there Sunday because I, I might be having a baby. And, and Ted followed up with her and took her Bible. And like, That's amazing. You never have anything to sing about and praise God about with stories like that if you don't go do it. You're not out doing good. To what degree are you soul winning? What excuse do you have? You're supposed to trust in the Lord and do good. They were out doing that. They were out, and look at that, and increased in number daily. So I, I, I believe, imagine if everyone in Bible Baptist Church would do their part to soul win, to do their part to win people to the Christ. I believe that people would be added to the church daily if everybody did it. Why is it not happening? Because there's a lot of people that don't trust that people really want to get saved. I don't want to get rejected. Whatever excuse you have, I've used them all myself. <laughs> I have. <clears throat> I don't know enough Bible. Well, you know what? You don't have to know enough Bible. You just need to tell them how, the gospel, how to get saved. Pick one verse. Use that one verse. God can do miracles. It's not you anyway. It's the Holy Spirit. You're not doing it because you don't trust it. You don't want to. You should be a soul winner. They were out doing that in the trenches, establishing the churches, and doing good. They trusted the Lord, and they are doing good. Are you? I don't know what ministry that you should be in, but God has called and gifted you special. You are special. You're a part of this body of Christ here. 
And, and you can do something good for him in ministry. And it's going to take time and sacrifice. Sometimes it's going to look like it, ain't, it didn't work out. Sometimes you're going to feel like, ah, is this worth it? Everybody's profiting. Everybody's doing better. Here I am, suffering. Paul and Silas didn't worry about their suffering. They knew that God knew how to deliver the godly out of temptation. And God knows how to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. Look at verse, we got time? I got time. Look, let's go to verse 6 and 7. Now, when they had gone through, uh, I'll just skip that paragraph. All right, so 6 and 7, Paul and his team trusted God's guidance. Basically, their heart and their mind, they wanted to go uh, to Asia. And, and the Holy Spirit said, nah. And they said, hey, I want to go through Bithynia. And the Holy Spirit said, no, don't go there. You know what they did? They pouted and they, they said, I'm going home because it didn't go my way. I know what needs to be done around here. No, they trusted in the Lord even when it was against their own understanding. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, ring a bell. Trust in the Lord. Oh, man, I said it too fast. Trust in the Lord and, and lean not. What is it? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Why are we not acknowledging God in all of our ways? Because you don't trust him. Really, you, you say he ain't going to do it anyway. That's not trust. That's not confidence that he is going to help you and answer your prayer. Why pray? He's not going to do it anyway. I've prayed before and he didn't do it. That's not trust. The more you trust in the Lord and you acknowledge him in your, in your path, hey, they acknowledged God and he said, don't go to Asia, don't go to Bithynia, go somewhere else. And they were happy. You got it, boss. And they sang praises and they went somewhere else. And because they went somewhere else, they met Lydia. No, this is really cool. So I love how they trusted in, in God's guidance. Sometimes God's guidance is not what we want. <clears throat> I had some setbacks in my, in my Mazeco company this year. It's not really what I wanted. <laughs> I didn't want that at all. I didn't want to deal with that. I didn't expect it. And I thought, mm. you know what, though? It didn't take very long to say, man, I can trust in the Lord and just keep doing good. Uh, a lot of times God lets things like that happen in your life. So, so that you can give grace and mercy, just like God gave you. Man, I'm humbled by the thought of God giving me grace and mercy, and I didn't deserve it. I don't deserve it. How much grace and mercy has given me? There is not enough grace and mercy that I could give anyone, no matter what they've done to me. There's not enough. So I can gladly give grace and mercy, trust in the Lord, and just do good, keep doing good. It changes joy. It gives you joy in your heart. And you can sing. You can sing praises to God and be happy. And don't let that even take you to a dark, sad place. Oh, woe is me. <clears throat> Look at me. No. God is awesome. And you should take every chance you get to show somebody grace and mercy. Because God has done the same thing for you. Look, we got to hurry. Uh, I'm gonna, I got five minutes. You with me? All right, so verse... Uh, Let's jump down to verse 13. I want to say it real quick. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside. So they're in Philippi. Uh, they didn't really like Jesus there in Philippi. They, they didn't really have like a lot of churches to go to. Um, and, and it was on a Sabbath. They say, hey, we want to go somewhere. We want to go to church. It's on a Sabbath. We, there's none in the city. They, they, they kind of find you. They put you in jail around here. And they don't like that kind of stuff. So they went out of the city. And they found a place where prayer was wont to be made. Now, do you know what the word want means? It doesn't mean want, W-A-N-T. Want, it's special. 
It's really cool. I don't have enough time. I had a couple pages on that. We're just skip it. So you're like, Phew. but want means it's a habit. It's a custom. It's something you are known for of other people for doing, not just in your own personal life. It's something that you've created and you're known for that. Jesus was want uh, in um, that one place, Luke 22. He was want for going to uh, the, the um, garden, Mount of Olives. So Jesus was want, look it up, Luke 22, 39 through 40. We don't have time. But Jesus was want to go to the Mount of Olives and pray. Everyone that knew Jesus said he always has a habit of going up there. He was want. Uh, and this lady here, uh, see, where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. Where were the men? I don't know. Were there men there? I don't know. Uh, I, I would assume maybe not because there was just women there. Uh, but imagine this. I don't know. Don't say. It just says he spoke to the women. But imagine you want to go to church. You have to go outside of the city. You got to make effort. And you found a place you heard that people go there and pray. They were want, it was a habit. They were, they were doing that. And you get there, and you see a bunch of women, nobody there preached to them. But they were want for doing it. They were faithful to God. They trusted in God, even though they didn't have a full synagogue up and running. Even though they didn't have uh, uh, everything that they wished that we, have, we, that we have here in this church. They, but they were want for praying. They had a habit of being faithful to go to that place and pray to God. They trusted, and they did good. God sent them a preacher. He gets up, and he preaches. And Lydia gets saved. That's pretty awesome. So look, verse 15, And when she was baptized in her household, she beside us, saying, If you had judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. So we'll stop there. You know what she did? She got saved, and she got baptized, and she did good. She put her trust in the Lord, and then she wanted to do something good back to them. Their influence was affecting everybody everywhere they went. So we are running out of time. Go back to Psalms 37. There's a couple more in there. Just read it. You can get them out. There's some good nuggets in there. Go back to Psalms 37. I think Paul and Silas knew Psalms 37 pretty well because uh, we'll end with this. You get two minutes. Hurry up. Turn here. Okay. Here's what it says. Verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Paul and Silas kept their focus on trusting the Lord and doing good. They didn't have time to let their heart worry about being envious of others. Have you ever been envious of others? People not going to church, oh man, they're really enjoying their Sunday. They're out on their boat. I don't like boats. They're out four-wheeling. I wish I could have the day off to go have fun. And what happens is in your heart, you're saying they have something that you feel you deserve. That is not trusting in the Lord. I believe the best thing you can do is trust in the Lord and suffer and do good. I do. And I believe God rewards that. So here, fret not thyself. They didn't do that, Paul and Silas. They didn't fret not of evildoers. Verse 2, for they soon shall be cut down like the grass and wither like the green herb. It doesn't matter how rich, famous, glorious, relaxing, comforting that a lost person has. You dare not be envious of them. You should have pity on them because their day is coming to be punished. The day of judgment is coming, and without Christ, those people that you think you're envious of are going to be punished and sent to hell forever. That should motivate you to trust God and go do good and try to win them to the Lord instead of trying to be like them, instead of trying to do less good. Paul and Silas wasn't like that. Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. 
So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Verse 5, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Not you shall bring it to pass. Uh, I catch myself trying to bring things to pass on my own. My own wit, my own strength, my own cunning device, my own fortitude. I, and that, that, that's not what God said to do. I don't have to carry that burden of, of bringing it to pass the good things in my life. God can do that, and he will. And uh, one last verse. Uh, I got a whole bunch. Where's that one? Um, uh, go to yeah, Proverbs 13, I think. And we'll stop there. Proverbs 13, we're out of time. This is a good one. You have to read this one before we we close. Oh, man. I didn't underline it. All right, hold on. Proverbs 13. Nope, Proverbs 16. All right. Go up. You're almost there. Proverbs 16, 3. I got that underline. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. This has changed my life. Most of the time, our heart and our mind and our thoughts go off track way before our actions do. And one of the things that help you in your thought, with your thoughts in your mind, because we don't like to control and can see them, they affect us tremendously. And if you get in one of those dark, dark places that is foggy and you can't see, you, can't, you don't know where to go, just start doing good. Commit your way unto the Lord. Just start doing the things you know you're supposed to. And your heart and your mind will be established and be corrected and put back in the clear. That's a promise. Just start doing good. Commit your way. Start doing the things that God said is good. Start going to church. Start reading your Bible. Start soul winning. And your thoughts will be corrected. They'll be established. Let's say it again, and, and I'll stop. Psalms... 37.3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Will you promise with me in your heart to the Lord uh, to do this? Let's practice this. What areas can you trust in the Lord and do better in? Brother Joe.